Hey, good day. This is Lisa Hawkins. And today I want to talk about a subject that as women, many of us struggle with. And it's where my confidence comes from. Have you ever thought about where your confidence comes from? And I want to start with a scripture and then get into sharing. And I call this uh, a quick um, inspirational and motivational message that I hope each of you embraces in building your confidence, not only confidence in yourself as a woman, as a mother, as a single woman, as a career woman, but also as a single woman of faith. So let's look at a scripture that talks to confidence. And this is one, 1 John 5, 14. And it says, this is the confidence we have in in approaching God, that if we ask anything, according to his will. He he hears us. And I wish I could tell you, you know, when when you get a scripture that is needed in your life and you meditate it, you pray on it, you talk to God about it, sometimes people think it's just you're on your knees all day and you're praying and begging and you hope the Lord will hear you. I'm not saying that method doesn't work. But what I find is when I'm in relationship with God, that in my day, my thought, the thoughts and dreams cross my mind of things I've shared with the Lord or experiences I've shared with the Lord or a scripture or a moment that I just feel like I feel his presence within me. That helps me feel that I am close to the Lord and it helps build up my confidence. So the first assumption is that you have a relationship with the Lord. And I can tell you, in my lukewarm days, I'll call it that, that God was still faithful to me. Because he obviously knew the plan and purpose he had for my life. Even if I was one foot in and one foot out, he was faithful to the prayers that had been prayed over me from my birth every day. I know that those prayers is what was preventing me from falling in many a ditch or being discouraged or staying in depression or staying in low self-esteem. But I was on a journey and did not know that I thought I was in control of the journey, as you may think you're in control of your journey, but God really is in control of your journey. So I'm going to talk about where my confidence comes from. I will say that from a young child, I believe, and if you read the book, Christian Warrior Woman, uh, it's available on Amazon and it's, I praise God, it's been a bestseller in six or seven Christian categories um, when it was released. And I'm so grateful for that. But I share some of the experiences And I will tell you that my number one, the number one area that I would state how I was able to develop confidence, and it comes in time. I believe my mouth was speaking confidently, but sometimes we can talk in confidence, but in our heart, there's insecurity, there's unsuredness. And and I was more that. I would say early on that if people were to just listen to how I talked, I sounded confident, but inside, 
I was insecure and I needed that talk was the self-talk I needed for myself. And what does the word say about we can use our tongue to speak life or death? And unknowing to me, I was using my tongue to speak life into something that appeared to be a dream. The things that I later accomplished in life and even through today have been like dreams that some of them I couldn't have even have dreamt if I tried. But but for God, that led to me having true confidence that today I can say I am confident. And I'm going to share with you two things. One is an example from real life. And I want to share with you something I found that it talks about. Here are the 10 things that you can do to build up your self-confidence. Some people believe, oh, you're just born like that. But believe it or not, you have the Holy Spirit within you, right? And when you're born again, there's a new life, there's new growth, and there's a journey you're on in gaining strength and power in your relationship with God. So however you were born, legit, illegit, um, on drugs, whatever it may be, You have an opportunity to be a new person when you have Christ come into your life. And so when we say born again, we can be born again in our mind and in our thoughts and in our life and in our talk. But we have to say that and believe that. And so when I looked at this list, I hadn't created it, but I saw things that I was doing that obviously God instilled in me to do. One is visualizing yourself as you want to be. I spent a lot of time dreaming as a young person, dreaming of the woman I wanted to be, dreaming of the success that I wanted to have. And to be honest, I far exceeded those dreams because of God. So visualizing yourself, when you visualize, it allows you to speak what you're visualizing. I would tell you to do that. And there's so many scriptures and words that can help you really bring that forth. I was claiming, declaring and claiming things that I knew nothing about and knew no way on how to achieve it. And God made it happen. One example is even when I graduated college, I said I wanted to be a senior executive in a top company in the world. It sounded good. Sounds like something you should say when you graduate. And I even had a plan. I didn't know how the plan would land me. I knew like the first two steps. But I also knew certain positions needs connections and you got to know this person and that person. And being a black woman um, from um, and from and my mom, my dad had passed and had no inside connections It was a visualization in God. So when you get a chance to read in the book or you hear me talk about what the Lord allowed me to achieve, I achieved that. But I wish I could tell you it was achieved easily. If you knew how I got to what I declared, many of you would say you would have let that dream go or you would have walked on another path. But it was the power of God that got me there. And that example could be 
in your life. There are dreams and things you desire. But trust me, there are um, traps and and slips and falls and rocks and boulders that you're going to bump into on the way to your dream or your promise. And that doesn't mean that you can't get there, but there is no easy road or easy path to it. It takes tenacity, it takes strength, it takes faith, and it takes God's direction. So visualize affirming yourself. Well, when you lack confidence, you have to sometimes look in the mirror and say, I am somebody. I will be somebody. Next one is um, do one thing that cause, that scares you every day. And if my mother were still here to tell you, I probably did the things I did every day scared her. She'd be like, you did what? And I'll share, this is the story that I want to share today. While I was a single mom, the first time I adopted a child, which was my, which is my middle son um, today, is I had a son with my husband and we divorced. And I really didn't see, based on what what I wanted to achieve in my career, the opportunity to have either get married or have a child anytime soon, which would mean my son would have a huge gap in years to another child. And people might think, because I've adopted um, children twice, that, oh, I have a love of children. Doesn't mean I don't love my children, but that really wasn't my reason for adopting a child. I had two real key reasons. One, I knew what it felt like to feel rejected or to feel abandoned or to feel alone as a child. And so when I saw a a show on TV about the number of African-American male children that were in the foster care system and weren't being adopted because of the stereotypes that society um, puts on people, that really struck a chord with me to want to adopt. Second, I had spoken to my son and he wanted like four or five siblings. That was not happening. Um, So I saw an opportunity to do two things. One, to give a healthy child a home. And believe it or not, whether foster or or adoption, children, even though they may seem physically and mentally fine, there's always something, there's always a, a, a gap or a feeling or an emotion that you need to be prepared to fill. So I had my two reasons. And so I said I would, in in the state of North Carolina where I was living, you um, go through foster um, parent training. I was a single mom, which, you know, I hear friends saying, how in the world were you able to adopt as a single mom? I was a single mom with a great job and there was a need. So I was going through the home study and literally I'm going through the first week of foster care training and I'm approached by um, the staff and I guess they were in a meeting about my son and in the meeting three people looked at each other and they said my name that this is a perfect child for me same age as my son actually two months younger than my son 
and thought he looked like me, etc., which years later people still say that, oh, your son looked like you, and, I, and we smile. And so I was like hit in the middle of this is something I was going through the process, but hadn't really made a decision that I was definitely doing this, but I was walking on that path, feeling like, what am I doing? And I didn't necessarily have um, any family support in this area. My mother was like, why would you adopt a child? You can have a child, what if you remarry? And what if having another child is a hindrance to you getting married? And in my mindset that if I met a man that couldn't understand why I needed to provide a home, for this child and he wasn't the man for me anyway, in my thinking. But my mother and, and family and folks were telling, were really sharing the obstacles that could happen. And that really, again, when we're talking about, um, that didn't scare me. So in the middle of, I wind up meeting him in the middle of this process. <laughs> Here comes where we say confidence is needed blind confidence and faith in God. I really felt it was the right thing to do for, for that it was the right thing for me to do. Now, will I sit here and say, God spoke to me or the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, this is what I should do? No, but I felt, I felt personally that this was something I wanted to do. I was making great money and I could change someone's life. And that to me seemed like one of the things I had as a personal goal, that if you could change one person's life at the time, I thought that would be the the most spectacular thing you can do. Remember, I'm in my 20s, but I thought if I could change just one person's life, then really, I'm done. I've made my contribution (laughs) to never thinking this is going to happen again. And so in the middle of this process, after meeting um, the child, I have two traumatic things that happen. One, the house I'm living in burns down. I was cooking and the house burns down. And second, I lose my job. I was already in a stressful situation with my boss who was trying to get me to quit and it was racial discrimination when I worked at Pepsi-Cola. And I was the first female African-American in the South and all of those great things. And they were doing their best to get me out of the company. And so in that, they falsified documents that I had quit and I hadn't quit, they had fired me. But the bottom line was I was in the middle of adopting a son I now have no home. I'm living in a Hampton Inn, and thank goodness it's in the summer. My son's able to swim in the pool every day, and I have no job. And so common sense would probably tell you and tell me that I should not continue in this process of adopting a child. I have no job. I have no home. And in order to adopt a child, you're supposed to have a home. But I guess luckily I'd already had my home inspection. And the interesting thing, I went to the meeting, I had a meeting um, with the social worker and I said, well, I guess I'm not going to be able to move forward 
because I don't have income, I don't have a home. This is where I knew this must have been God. And she looked at me, and based on the psychologist, psychology studies and interviews and stuff that they had done, she looked at me and said, I'm not worried. And I said, what? She was like, we'll continue the process. And I said, really? I have no job. I have, I'm in a hotel. And she said, based on the person that I've come to know, you will land on your feet and everything will be fine. And I wish I can explain how in that moment, it was like God speaking. Because I looked at her and said, let's continue. And probably my flesh is like, are you kidding me? What are you thinking? Do you know I continued? We had our second visit. My son came over, swam in a pool, and I showed him a closet where I got him some clothes. Um, And within probably two weeks, I got a call about a job. And if I got this job, it would move me I would move to Denver, Colorado. And if you read the book, you'll hear about a number of things that happened in Denver, Colorado. And so I get the job and I will get my son. And here, that alone, when you talk about having confidence, why in the world would someone sign papers with no job, house burned down, and they're signing to take on more responsibilities, such as bringing on a child. But I knew that I knew that this is what I was supposed to do. And I had confidence, but who was that confidence really from? It was confidence in God and confidence that when you do the right thing, when you know that you're on the right path. And I, I'm, as I'm telling you, I would call at that time, I was lukewarm, but I had this sense of what I was supposed to do. I had that inner voice that had led me throughout my life, which I knew was the Lord speaking to me. Everything I ever achieved or did wasn't really because someone else um, told me to do it, but it was that inner voice spoke to me and was leading me and was guiding me into doing things that people, other people told me they would never do. Like interview for a job where they've never hired women and go to work where there's no other women. I saw that as an opportunity to make the money of a man and be the first. It never occurred to me about sexual harassment or racism I didn't, I didn't even worry about those things. But I gained such experience from that. And my son prospered, did well in school, and we had transitional, you know, life issues that he had come from, not having food regularly, and now he didn't have to hoard food or didn't have to hide things because it was available to him. And he and my birth son were um, great friends and got along really well. 
And I can stand here today and know that that was the thing I was supposed to do, that I had confidence and had faith in something that I didn't know what the end would be. I didn't know that here I was going to take on a child and what if I didn't get a job for six months? What if I didn't get a job for a year? I had signed the responsibility of adopting this child and taking that on. But I did it out of faith and out of knowing in my gut. And so some of the things we do in life, and this is one I'm sharing today and tomorrow I'll share a different one. But these are the things that we do in life that we have to know the comp- the, the compass that is directing us. And it's not always that you know the outcome. But it's many times that you know it's the right thing that you should do and that you're going to run into obstacles. And I can't think of anything that I have done that has been successful, that I did not meet adversity, that I did not meet opposition, did I not come in contact with struggle. And I knew that I had to stay facing forward through it. And when I hear people talk today, whether Christians or non-believers, it seems like when struggle comes, they turn around or they stay standing in it. When you're in the midst of struggle, you have got to move quickly through it. You have got to exalt your faith. You have got to speak yourself out of that situation. Pray yourself out of the situation. Read the word out of that situation. I can't tell you the nights that I read Psalms 91 over and over and over again, or another passage of scripture over and over again, whether I was getting a message from it or not, I was reading it. I was reading messages on my enemies will not overcome me, but God will protect me. We have to position ourselves that we don't see a little struggle and think we've got to run back the other direction or find someone to take the struggle away. We have to have the foundation to know that God will see me through the struggle. So I prayed when after I made the decision to sign this paper to adopt my son with no job and all of my things burned, my baby pictures, my my movie camera film of myself as a child, my whole history went up in flames. And I, God had me starting a new beginning with more responsibility and less worldly possessions. But because of God, he knew what I would choose. And by making that choice, I had a brighter future. The next job paid me a whole lot more money and launched me into a pattern of promotion for the next 10, 15 years of my life. If I didn't make that choice that day, would I have gotten that job? I don't know. But I do know and praise God that I made that choice. So when we talk about how, where does confidence come from? It comes from within, it comes from your faith, and it comes from your life experience. If you've had success, 
by knowing that you hear God, knowing that the Spirit of God guides you and leads you, then even things that seem impossible can be possible. I hope you enjoy today's um, message on how to gain confidence, where does it come from, and where can it come from? Because when you're confident, you're more attractive to the opposite sex, believe it or not. I don't know about you, but are you attractive to a man that's not confident? Are you impressed by a woman who lacks confidence? Do you walk with a a confidence? I didn't know that I, I managed men, the majority, well, 30 years of my life, 20 years of my life, I managed men the majority of time because I was either the first woman or whatever um, in the role. And I found something interesting that some of the feedback that men had gave, which was positive, was one that I did not have a squeaky or high tone voice. And I never liked my voice ever because I always felt it was heavy. It was this, it was that. But for managing men, because they said when I raised my voice or I spoke, to them directly, it sounded powerful. It didn't sound shaky or it sounded confident. I had never thought that before. I was like, whoa, well, that's cool. And then another, I'm sure you've had in your job 360 um, feedback. So this is part of the 360 feedback. And they stated that when they did meetings with me with senior management, that I always spoke confident about them, even if I had kind of beat them up behind the door in front of um, senior management, I would speak confident about them and their abilities. And they found that interesting because they hadn't had other managers do that for them, other male managers. Normally they speak great about themselves, but not really put forth the confidence of their people. So believe it or not, why you want confidence is because it will help you command respect. It'll help you have the voice to speak out for a pay increase. It'll help you represent your children when you go to school and you speak to teachers or other people that come and coaches that come in contact with your children. Confidence is something we want because confidence makes us secure. So when I talk about confidence, We really have to, you have to seek in the word as I started out with that scripture about confidence. And you want to dig deeper in finding passages of scripture such as 1 John 4, 17. So I'm going to end today with reading that passage again. This is how... Love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. That's 1 John 4, 17. And 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And I know from answered prayers in my past that God has a history of answering my prayers. It may not look exactly like I wanted it, but I know it's the answer that I needed and that I got. 
And I base my confidence on knowing that the same God that fulfilled his promises yesterday and five years ago is the same God today that will deliver my answer for me today, tomorrow, and years to come. And I pray that over you this day, that you begin your journey of building confidence. We have this coronavirus going around, but I want you to be confident that God will cover you, cover your family, cover your future. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.